Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. Uh, make sure, if you haven't as yet, subscribe to our magazine, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. As always, we've got Ishmael Johnson in the building, and Ish. As of October 1st, mm-hmm. now, if you order a new magazine, if you subscribe, rather, right. you get the 2020 magazine with your subscription. Yep. We've officially, as, as our boss says, flipped flip the, the switch. switch. <laughs> so what that means Or the is, recruiting magazine, yes. we should say. Yes. You also get the recruiting magazine yes. for 2019. So, so basically, when you subscribe, yes. and not to turn this into a, a, an infomercial or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate doing this stuff, but, <laughs> but it's, it's news that you guys need to know. So basically, when you buy a subscription, right, for the first year, it's nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling, which is honestly kind of a dumb deal. Right. Like that's, that's we're losing money. That's honestly <laughs> less than the price of the magazine. Like I'm not even like I, I'm just saying right. like facts right now. Right. Um, so for nineteen ninety five, and you get both a copy of the summer and a copy of the winter edition. Mm-hmm. So if you had before October first gotten uh, a subscription, you get a twenty nineteen summer edition. And a 2019 winter edition, our recruiting edition, which we're starting to put together right now. Mm -hmm. But now, as of October 1st, if you subscribe now, you get the 2019 winter edition, which I'm not going to say, obviously, at this point, uh, who we're thinking about for the cover. But we got a a pretty good name for it. We got a pretty good idea. Uh, If you're a a Texas High School football fan, I think you'll appreciate it. And then 2020, uh, you get the summer magazine. So those would be the two magazines that you get. Yep. Everybody got it? <laughs> not not too complicated. So basically, you Our are pre-ordering. Just to make sure everybody knows that uh, that's as clear as possible. <laughs> yes, yes. So basically, if you subscribe now and you haven't already, you are pre-ordering the 2020 Summer Edition, which you're going to get anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you even wasting your time not even, like, preparing for that? You know right. what I mean? A- again, it's $20 for the first year. That's that's a bad deal for us. <laughs> and to get access to all of our premium content. Uh, speaking of our premium content ish the big news that came down this week nothing yeah. to do with fbs right we have a new division one team in the state starting in 2020 yep tarleton tarleton, tarleton state. which by the way according to our college insider Corey hogue they no longer want to be referred to as tarleton state oh, okay it's just they want to be tarleton okay um you know we'll have to get a little bit more confirmation on that and right, you know right. they haven't officially said anything and right. the school is still called tarleton state yeah um, but that's that's the word. So in 2020, Tarleton is going to be the newest FCS Division One independent. Yeah, I was about to say a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're joining the Southland." No, it's independent. And then uh, for that's for football, right? And then other sports is the WAC. They're all in the WAC except okay. for football, gotcha. because at this moment, and here are the words I'm saying. Yeah. At this moment, the WAC does not have football. Right. But Dixie mm. State is also joining the WAC, which, by the way. Dixie, Dixie State, State. Oh my in Utah. Okay, yeah, that doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. I actually, I was <laughs> was Utah State during Civil War? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, no. I was talking about this the other day with actually uh, my wife and my sister, mm-hmm. uh, because kind of because right we were talking about UNLV, yeah. and I'm like, their mascots, the Running Rebels, and sure. they're like, what the hell is going on there? Right. Apparently, apparently, Running Rebels is supposed to refer to like. Just like general '60s rebellion, I was about to, I guess bandits, maybe. Yeah, like it, it's just supposed to be like a general, like ah, oh, we're rebellious, not okay. like a, not like a who we're fighting the Civil War rebellious. Oh, 
Utah's Dixie is the nickname for a sparsely populated lower elevation area of southwest Washington County in southwestern Utah. That's that's weird. I don't like it. So I just looked that up. I, I don't like it one bit. I don't like it either. <laughs> but anyway, point is, point is, Dixie State is joining the WAC as well okay. starting in 2020. Uh, they will also be an FCS football independent. So, uh... We'll see if I'd the ex- ever gets football back. I, I'd expect that, obviously, Dixie State and Charlton will schedule each other right. maybe, maybe like four times next season right. <laughs> you know, just to try to get some games on the schedule Yeah, um, because they will have to fill out an entire schedule by themselves. Uh, but, yeah, the, the r- early rumor is that in the next couple of years we could see the WAC bring football back. Well, because they have, I mean, New Mexico State's New Mexico State could also move um, down. Grand Canyon State's, I heard, thinking about football. That would be interesting. Um, A for-profit institution, by the way. Right, yeah. Uh, and I, let's see. I know UTRGV is thinking about football, so I don't, I don't know, know about that. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's a school in Texas, so you feel like football is always on the radar somewhere. It is. Um, it is. I I, I don't. Know. I think Seattle's another team. I don't know if they're going to yes. think about football, but you know, I know they're in the whack. Um, yeah. Now Chicago State's there, and apparently, again, this is just what Corey said yesterday. I, yeah. I, I haven't actually read the reports, but apparently, Chicago State's probably leaving. Um, apparently, I think Cal State Bakersfield is thinking of leaving. Okay. Um, so the conference is going to look a lot different as sure, the points. Sure. I mean, like the I mean, we used to, you know we used to associate the WAC with some you know pretty awesome mid major football, right? G five TCU uh, was Boise also in the WAC at one point, I, I believe, before maybe, they went to the Mountain West. Because because I, I remember when Boise went to the Mountain West, it was supposed to be like the G 5s best programs. You know, right, kind of that was supposed to be the American, and then, basically. Yeah, and then TCU was like, "Bye, <laughs> right." <laughs> the Big we we got better options. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Mountain West kind of became what it is now, which is fine, but not what it was um i think i want to say boise state was in the whack with tcu yeah i'm looking at uh they they were in the whack at some point yeah now the question is was did tcu move to the whack to join boise was that what happened i'm trying no, i'm trying to remember no the it was the mountain line. west the de- they definitely joined the mountain west to follow boise yeah to follow boise and try and uh, all right make a conference realignment is a freaking mess yeah and when you were born in 1994, sometimes you don't keep track of these things as well as you potentially should. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, but anyway, the point is the WAC has a long football history, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously at the FBS level now, nobody expects the WAC to ever kind of look at that in the near future, at right. least. Um, you know, it's more likely that New Mexico State ends up moving down to FCS, I'd say. Uh, but I mean, the other thing too, is that I'd be, I'd be curious. Cause I mean, when you have this kind of situation, cause, cause looking at the WAC, the way that it's set up now, it's very much a Southwest conference yeah. with some exceptions, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's the Chicago, there's the Seattle, but then it's pretty much a, a Southwest conference, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the American Southwest, not the Southwest conference. But, uh, but if you're, if you are the WAC, you know, it does get kind of interesting in terms of, you know, do you try to poach anybody else? I mean, if if I were the WAC commissioner, and yeah. granted, I mean, this might just not be something that makes sense, but like, I'd, I'd go out to try to get UTEP to drop down. I'd go, yeah, I'd go know, all out and just say, hey, man. I don't know if they'll got, do it, but. You yeah, know, and, and it would make it perfect takes, sense if they didn't some, want to. Right, it takes some like pride swallowing to get that, oh, to get sure. it done. But, but, but the mean, thing is, is like, UTEP is a school that's always going to be disadvantaged at the FBS level, mm-hmm. whereas they could be relatively advantaged at the FCS level. Sure. And uh, again, that would just—if I were the WAC commissioner, that would be my home run. That would right. be my let's just let's just ask, see if we can get it. You know, let's say, do you want to be a flagship member of the WAC football conference? Right. And now again, we're talking about all this, and WAC has absolutely no immediate plans to start football. But right. but you know, just with all the realignment, I think that the WAC and 
three years, it's going to look really different than it is right now. Oh, for sure. And and that doesn't even count, again, like you mentioned, some other schools thinking about bringing in football. And we definitely did get a lot of people asking, why not the Southland? But apparently the Southland has been pretty hesitant to expand. Um, I've, that doesn't surprise me. Um, they have yeah. a really, really good kind of Texas-Louisiana core right, right now. Um, and adding another school. Yeah, like, I don't know. It... it, it I don't see any benefit to adding. No offense to Tarleton. Yeah, I don't see any benefit for the Southland adding Stephenville to that region. Sure. Well, I, they have they have a good balance of like decent markets, small communities that are good programs like you know Nacogdoches with SFA. Sure. And, um, programs like that, um, McNeese Lake Charles over there in McNeese, um, and I just don't see. And, and and the other thing is they're good top to bottom, right? Right. I don't think they're not looking. I don't know. It wouldn't make sense for them to expand or look to expand immediately right now. Well, and I do think that it does get kind of interesting just in terms of, I mean, if you are Sam, mm-hmm. if you are SFA, if yeah. you're kind of one of the established powers. Why would you want another yeah, school like right, that? Right, <laughs> because, because I do think that Tarleton has some of the tools to yeah. to be a West Texas SFA, for example. Sure. Um, you know, and, and now SFA has decades of, of tradition and mm-hmm. all that. Like, I mean, they're they're... At right now, kind of a different level. Right. But, you know, I mean, it, you kind of feel like you have a presence in West Texas with ACU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tarleton would be kind of pushing towards the westernmost school in that in, in that whole conference. You know, do you want to be moving west? I don't know if that's what you want to do. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, the conference is so tough right now <laughs> in the first place because all of a sudden... UIW isn't mm-hmm. isn't uh, a pushover, you know. ACU all of a sudden isn't a pushover, and and they've they've grown pretty aggressively the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think it does kind of get to the core of: is there a need to expand more? Right. I'm gonna, you compare, know? I'm gonna compare populations right now because we have obviously Beaumont's probably the biggest city I'd say out of the Texas uh, programs. Um, well, Houston Baptist. Oh, right, but, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, and Incarnate sorry, Word. Sorry, that's, yeah. that is true. So, yes, San Antonio and Houston, put those to the side. Yeah. Um, I want to say Beaumont's probably the... Beaumont's remember? big-ish. So, yeah. you got... So, let's see. So, you're kind of comparing... Steven- Abilene. Abilene would be a big Abilene's one. Abilene's big as well. Uh, so, yeah. How big is Stephenville exactly? I was about to say, I want to say around 20... Th- let me see. I'm looking right now. Yeah, 20,000. And, and this is the biggest show in town. Like, they have a good right. fan base. Right, exactly. And so, let's see. So, we have... So, out of the three... Or if if we're throwing Tarleton in there, out of those three communities, you got Stephenville, Huntsville, which is thirty eight, yeah, and Nacogdoches, which is thirty three. So relatively in the same, no one's blowing each other out of the water with population. Right, right, right. Yeah, if you're SFA, if you're Sam Houston, why do you want another smallish community right. kind of like stealing your thunder recruiting wise as well? Right, like, right. you know, I'm not saying like none of those none of those cities are like you know you're not it's not Houston, it's not San Antonio, right? And so you're relatively gonna be community-wise, you're going to be pitching the same thing. It's like, yeah, come on, play football in Stephenville. Come on, play football right. in Huntsville. Well, like, and and if, you are, if you're if you ACU, yeah. like the, you do not want them touching oh, that region. Oh, God, be- no. You're already trying to build right. something there. And, and that's that's kind of where things are kind of interesting, too, because yeah. when you look at West Texas, I mean, it, a lot of talent comes out of West Texas. Yeah. Like, like, it's just very spread oh, out. Oh, yeah, you're, there, trying, you're trying to rope that talent. Right. If you're, there, there's uh, not a drill. place where you're like, okay, I mean, Abilene to an extent, sure. but but it's not like you're like, all right, if we get the Midland Corridor, we're mm-hmm. going to dominate this state. Right. You know, it's not like you're building everything through that. But and you're stealing, I mean, and honestly, you're stealing, uh, Stephenville stealing DFW. Right. Like, because they're closer. Right. <laughs> right. And so I, I think that you're right. If you're the Southland, there's a lot of reasons. And hey, you know what? 
uh, culturally, uh, school size, all that sort of stuff. They fit pretty well. Yeah. But, uh, hey, ask the University of Houston, uh, you know, (laughs) schools sometimes just don't like being competed with. Mm -hmm. And uh, and sometimes what we choose to do for conferences uh, are driven way more by money and (sighs) self-preservation than what would be fun. Yep. (laughs) And so... Um, but but I do think it is going to be interesting to kind of look forward and and see what Charlton can do. I mean, again, they have a lot of uh, things in place. You know, they've got new facilities. They've got a good fan base. They've got money. They, they've they got all the pieces to be a good Division One program across the board. For sure. Um, now you got to do it. Yeah. Now you got to actually gotta do, do the dang thing. I mean, we've been talking about Charlton maybe moving up for literally decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now you got it. I, I mean, because we, we've talked about we've talked about Charlton potentially being a special team for decades as well. And for sure. last year was their first outright conference championship since joining the Lone Star Conference. Mm-hmm. That's outrageous. Yep. You know, what <laughs> I mean, so now it's time to perform. Uh, I am curious to see just how the Lone Star Conference also responds. Um, it's going to be a lot of interesting politics in the next couple of weeks. Oh, for sure. And uh, the next sure. couple of months, the next couple of years even. But, uh, but again, the news is Charlton is joining Division One across the board, joining as a member of the WAC, going FCS independent. Uh, can't wait for them to show up on, uh, on Alabama's schedule in a couple of years. Oh, my God. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for them to. And if to... they're ranked in the FCS, Alabama's going to have the rank on there. The SEC oh Network's going to put, like, number, <laughs> number 14 Tarleton State well, right there on the graphic. Well, apparently today is the FCS hour, because I'm glad you mentioned FCS rankings. Okay. You know who's number 25 in the, in the FCS rankings? <sighs> Houston Baptist. Houston Let's go. Baptist. Let's go. The fighting Vic Sheelys. They Let's do since, it. Since losing by two points to UTEP and being the better team for most of that game. Yeah, they, they really were. They have won four straight games. Mm-hmm. They've beaten uh, South Dakota, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have they beaten? They've gotten Carnet Ward this week, which, which, by the way, this team is very similar to... Uh, in my opinion, to kind of last year's Incarnate Ward. Yeah, that's very true. Because... You kind of have that dynamic quarterback. You've got a good offense. The defense is okay, but mm-hmm. like you got enough JUCO guys in there that you feel like they're ready. So they they beat Houston, uh, Texas Southern last week, which eh. yeah, they beat Northwestern State, but beat them forty eight to twenty one, and then they beat South Dakota on the road. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, I want to say, let's see, Zach Kidley. Yeah, they're new. So their offensive coordinator mm-hmm. is last year was his first year. I remember yeah. talking to Coach Sheely about this. Yeah, last year was his first year. He came over from Tech, and so it was. Yeah. He wanted him to work with Bailey Zappi to kind of turn this into an explosive offense. Yeah, well, well, they <laughs> and again, like you mentioned, it's kind of funny that the UIW comparisons because yeah. they did bring in the tech, you know, sort of identity. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be that high-powered offensive team. Which the thing is, at this level, I mean, you can, you know, we talk about at the Power Five level that mm-hmm. uh, if you just play offense and can't really do anything else, you can be in trouble. Yeah. But like you can win a lot of games at this level doing that, and especially if you're Houston Baptist, who has won two games in two years. Mm-hmm. And credit, I mean, to, credit to Coach Sheely, because Kitley was only a graduate assistant coach wow. at Tech before he brought him in to be an OC. He was assistant quarterback's coach Wow, and, yeah, grad assistant under Cliff. And that, so that's he, interesting. They took a risk on him. That, you know, that's really funny, too, because – and I know that it was for coordinator, not head coach. But, sure, like, sure. I mean, the fact that that UIW, you know, a school that has equally as much football history as Houston Baptist, which is to say none – Yeah. Is able to get their uh, Tech's offensive coordinator to be mm-hmm. there to join their staff versus right. like Houston Baptist being like, yeah. "We'll give you a shot, man." Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's really a credit to Sheely, and, and Sheely's a guy who's been around. I mean, he knows how to lead a football team, right? 
Um, they're at their uh, right now. If they, I mean, if they win one more game, they'll win more than Chile's won. And credit <sighs> credit crazy. to the administration at Houston Baptist. Yeah, I believe he signed an extension after they went one in ten. Yeah, like and it was like not a, not even like his second or third year. It was like his fourth, fifth year that they went one in ten. Right. Um, and so credit to the administration was like, look, we know what you're doing here. Yeah, it's gonna work. Here's our investment in you. You know, we know what you're doing. Go for, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually. Man, you've just got all these transitions today. Uh, Perfect. Let's extension. Go. Ah, yes. Matt Rule mm-hmm. signs the extension. He'll be there if this contract holds up through the 2027 season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a story about it, so hopefully that'll be out tomorrow uh, if I, you know, do the work or whatever. <laughs> but but um, get around to it. It's yeah, fine. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but um, but. I mean, we we heard all of the last two off seasons. You mm-hmm. know, oh, he's looking at the NFL. Oh, you know, maybe a coordinator. You know, he just he wants to be an NFL coach. Why right. would he stick around Baylor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Well, he has kind of doubled down on the fact that he wants to be there for a little while. And don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that sometimes people get a little dumb about this. If he wants to be an NFL coach and gets the perfect opportunity, he's going to leave, right? <laughs> like he, he is. Like, but I think that this is at minimum a message that one, he's in no rush. Sure. Two, like he was offered the Jets job last year and mm-hmm. they didn't have the perfect situation. And, and again, keep in mind, Matt Rule grew up in New York City. Mm-hmm. This is this is his team. Right. You know, and, and like the fact that Matt Rule or I, I mean, I, I think he might have been a Giants guy, but like point is, Still, this is a city. New York, this going to New York, being an right. head coach. Right. Uh, and things were not perfect. And he chose to come back to a team that was seven and six. Mm-hmm. So and now, you know, they're starting four and oh. Mm-hmm. And and they look like they have a team that can maybe contend for some stuff. I, I mean, I think that the only way to truly look at this is is a big win for Baylor to get that kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. And granted, I mean, I think the timing of it is smart for Rule too, because you know whatever we want to say. I mean, they're still only four and zero. They've won one Power Five game sure. uh, in twenty nineteen. If they come this weekend and Kansas beats them twenty eight to. 10 right right momentum's gone it's like oh right. god what's right. happening oh <laughs> right. you know but but the fact and then after that actually today uh they signed their athletic director to mm-hmm. a big extension yep. too so i well. mean obviously i mean i'm a baylor grad i was around it far too much sure. uh you know after 2016 i mean the minimum thing that you can say about them is that they've done a great job of helping move baylor into the future for sure um you know and we'll see whether it comes true on the football field in a big way, which I think that we saw a lot of signs last week mm-hmm. that um, that this team could be really good this year, mm-hmm. regardless of the dumb whatever that they pulled, giving up 21 straight points. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I think that that's a big win for Baylor. I mean, when, when Rule picked the job, people were shocked. People yeah. didn't expect them to kind of get Who's this. Who's this guy? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's not like he wasn't a known name, but it was like, why this guy? Right. As, as opposed to who? Right, right. Um, in fact, and this this quote will be uh, in the story tomorrow, but I was talking to uh, to a coach, um, a pretty high-profile coach who, mm-hmm. again, you can read the story and see who it is. Um, he said, I'm saying to myself, what in the world? They've lost their minds. After after they hired this guy from you know from Philadelphia, right? Who's like never coached within a thousand miles of Texas. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously, I think that that rule ended up being the right fit in a lot of ways. Um, perhaps even more off the field than on the field, for sure. And so I mean, credit to them. They they managed to get him to to stick around. And I think that 
you know, the big thing that the big reason that you sign this extension mm-hmm. is so that, you know, you know that Tom Herman saying and Gary Patterson saying, man, he's just got his eye on the NFL. Right. Why, you know, why would you go there when he's not even going to be there? Now it's like, look, OK, yeah, look, I've got a contract where I can be there through, through basically 2028. Yep. And and the thing is, too, for rule. Like that's in eight years, but uh, or eight nine years, but he's still only going to be fifty two at the time. Right, like, he can still go he's to the NFL. Dude. He's still a young dude. Right, I think that people don't realize that because he kind of has that NFL name and for like sure. he's been a head coach for so long at this point. But right. like he's he was forty two when he took the job mm-hmm. and, and had been a head coach for four years and won a conference title in the American, the the best non Power Five conference by far for sure. So uh, again, credit to Baylor for getting to stick around. I think you're starting to see sort of the dividends pay off at mm-hmm. Baylor right now, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if you had to guess right now, mm-hmm. uh, so again, it's through the 2027 season, but through like March 2028 or something sure. like that. So that's what is it? So 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. So that's eight additional years, mm-hmm. right? How many years do you think that rule will stick around for that contract? If you had to guess right now, if I had to guess right now. With the knowledge that he's in his third year now. Right. Right now, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, it's Because I'm trying to think, like, not even NFL jobs, but, like, Anything. if there was an if East Penn Coast. Penn State opens up. I was about bank. to say Penn State. That, that's the one that I think it, that's a college job that he would leave for. I don't yeah. know if he'd leave for another college job. Uh, I mean, like, if Ohio State says, we're begging you, then, okay, sure. Right. Yeah, like, like barring, like, yeah, barring one of the top five, like, Bama or something. Right. Barring something like that, where but, it's like, oh, like, come home over the, here. the only one that's not, like, a truly, like, you're going to win a title here program sure, sure. is Penn State. Right, I think. right. That's the one. But but other than that, I mean, I don't... Th- or, mm, we're talking. We are talking college, right? Uh, college or pro? Steelers. Yeah, yeah. That would if make a If the Steelers sense. come back, if Tomlin's on the rocks and that he doesn't want to rebuild and they just sure. kind of clean break, he go. He's like, look, from Pennsylvania, or he's not from Pennsylvania, but he played ball in Pennsylvania. He's a, he's a Pennsylvania guy, at right? This point. Penn State linebacker, yeah. all that stuff. He's going back to Pennsylvania. Steelers make sense. Steelers make sense. Um, but it's it's Steelers or it's Penn State, and yeah. I don't I don't see Penn State opening up anytime soon. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't, and I don't see him desperate to leave anywhere. Either. No, well, like, and the, that's the thing that's, too is like, if they're like, look, you can get the Steelers job in twenty twenty one, but you have to keep forty year old Ben Roethlisberger around, right. and like, you know, you don't have any control over, or not right. control, but like influence in player personnel decisions. Right. Like, why would he stick around? Right. He doesn't have to, and and that's sort of that's what this contract gives him. Mm-hmm. It gives him the ability to say. Now nah, I'm good, mm-hmm. you know, and and truly mean that. And right? Truly yeah. Um, that. No, I'm seriously good. Yeah. <laughs> and so. and so, yeah. If I if I had to guess right now, I think that I would guess him being there. I'm gonna say, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is purely conjecture. 2024, because I think that because that's seven years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time for any coach to be anywhere. Sure. Um, I think that you've potentially had a couple different cycles of good teams and mm-hmm. maybe you're you know maybe you have your cycle here where like this year next year are sort of good teams and you cycle back through and then the next cycle comes through and then maybe after that then he's like all right I've kind of done this built this up right you know I mean I don't know whether they'll win a title per se but like you know where you're competing for one where you're sure. in a title game or something like sure. that and then you're like I feel like this program's in a good spot mm-hmm. I think I can leave and feel okay about it I'm gonna say tw- I guess to give an actual range I'm gonna say 2022 okay because I think that that's when the if it is somebody like the Steelers right yeah. Yeah. that that 
phase Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Roethlisberger will be able to phase out, or the Giants, they probably right. realize Pat Shermer's not the guy, and so they maybe sure. move on. Um, the Giants would be a big one that they'd look at, because he says, yeah. I mean, his two... He's a Giants guy. His two biggest influences, he says, in coaching, and I mean, this guy isn't there anymore, and right. I don't think he's going to go where this guy is. <laughs> uh, Tom Coughlin, he talks a lot about right. And I don't think he'd go to Jacksonville for uh, multiple reasons. Right. Can you imagine, like... <laughs> Can you imagine Matt Rule and the the Jaguars pool in their oh in their God. freaking stadium wearing no. jorts into the stadium? God, God, no! It's like coaching Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, yeah, not. Yeah, but uh, I think that the Giants would be one that he'd look at. But but again, the fact that we are saying like. If the Steelers went all right, out, yeah, like, exactly. Like if, if an NFL job came right. after him, then yes, then he would leave. But right? Not, yeah, like the He's fact not, that we're not talking about like even the possibility of him being fired. Right. I mean, that's it's not happening. I mean, that's that's pretty good for a college coach, right? And again, Baylor is at the program where we've seen like if Baylor's built up to be yep. a Big Twelve contender. There's few jobs that you would leave for, yeah. like yeah. very few. No, because you can you can have the job stability at Baylor, and you can also have like the high upside. Exactly. You know, we've seen that you can win conference titles at Baylor. You can't win national titles, right? But like, cool. There's like six yeah, places right. you like, can win. Okay, neat. <laughs> you know, so I can live. And, and that was the thing too is that he, uh, Rule was at Temple for a while, but mm-hmm. um, or or for a decent amount of time, but mm-hmm. but like he left after they won the conference title, right? You know, he wanted to kind of get to the mountaintop and. For Baylor, the mountaintop is probably winning a conference title. So, like again, if he leaves on his own volition too, I think he's going to only do it when he feels like the job is done. Sure. And hey, man, if you get mad at him for leaving after that, mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, come on now. So, anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the week ahead. We're in week six. Yeah. Good God. What? <sighs> oh man, I. It's going through. I know. I know. This is going really quickly. And and the funny thing too is that. I feel like I still just haven't seen that many games. I feel like there's still so many teams that I don't know about. Right. <laughs> you know, there's still so much unknown. And, and now they we're getting might into be good. Play. They might be bad. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So we're, uh, I have a fun game for us to end on. Oh, God. Okay. But, uh, but we're going to get started first. Uh, and by the way, these picks are brought to you by Arlington CVB. Uh, if you are coming into town to see the Cowboys. If you're coming to see a game at AT&T, there are plenty of college games throughout the year that are at AT&T. Big 12 title game, most mm-hmm. notably. Uh, Arlington's a great place to be. There's a whole lot around the stadium. Um, you know, We bring on Matt Wilson every once in a while, and, yep. and he kind of gives us an overview. But uh, Arlington Go to Texas TV. Live. Yeah. Great, great spot to watch game. Yes. I Honestly, am. if you're not even going to visit, you're not even like watching a Cowboys game or something, just go to Texas Live <laughs> to watch college football, NFL Sunday. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's probably the best venue in the entire DFW area to watch sports yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah, man. I love watching sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's go ahead and get started. TCU at Iowa State, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Uh, TCU is coming off of a 51-14 win over Kansas, and Iowa State lost that 23-21 heartbreaker, heartbreaker to Baylor. Uh, TCU is a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road. You pick first. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, what we've seen from TCU so far is they played Purdue, who is a very bad defense, yep. and they didn't look good. And they eventually were just like, well, Purdue's not going to score points. I guess we will. Right. Um, you know, and, and they broke away with sort of their, their breakaway running game. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's really what did it. Darius Sanderson kind of having some big plays. Here's the issue. Iowa State plays eight men back, which means that, that 
breaking off big plays is that much harder. Right. You know, we actually saw last week, too. I mean, Baylor basically stole Iowa State's defense and used it to contain Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reason that the biggest improvement uh, in that game is just that they don't give up big plays. So if Darius Anderson's not going to break away for a couple big plays, I don't know where TCU is generating offense from. And especially coming off of a pretty heartbreaking loss to Baylor, I think that Iowa State's going to come out pretty motivated and win this game. Yeah. God, I can't. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I can't see. Eventually, this this one-dimensional offense is going to come back to right. TCU. In the and, and Iowa State is one of those teams that can really kill you for that. Right, exactly. If, and, I mean, we've seen we've seen Darius Anderson have a good game, and TCU still struggle on offense. Like, right. because it's so – it's like, okay, cool, he can just gash us for whatever, and, you know – And who cares? Right, exactly. Max Duggan's not going to be able to put it in the end zone. Right. Um, and, and, by the way, uh, Gary Patterson continues to talk about Alex Delton for reasons. I, Stop the charade. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it needs to be Max Duggan. Yeah, let him you grow. Need to get, yeah, you need to let this guy get some reps because at the very least, you know, even if Matthew Baldwin's a guy next year, right? Yeah. You still need someone who's a backup who knows how to run the offense. Well, I mean, like, give give Duggan a chance to beat him out. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's it, Iowa State. I can't I can't take TCU's offense, <laughs> and I can count on uh, Iowa State's defense to. Um, to shut down the run game and then their offense also with Brock Purdy to make enough plays to get it done. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised. I mean, this is an aside, but mm-hmm. uh, I was a little surprised how mediocre Iowa State was running the ball without David Montgomery. Yeah, that's fair. That was pretty, uh, pretty apparent. So, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that TC probably will be able to take away a lot of Iowa State strength, too. Sure. But I think that Iowa State has more that they can hang their hat on on offense than TC does at this point. Right. Moving on, Texas versus Oklahoma State, 11 a.m. on Texas Tech. Texas Tech versus. I'm going to this game. Texas <laughs> Tech versus. I don't want to end up in the wrong place. Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State, 11 a.m. on Fox Sports One. Uh, Texas Tech is coming off of a 55 to 16 loss to Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is coming off of a 26 13 win over K State. That wasn't really as close as that score. Uh, Texas Tech is an eight and a half point underdog. Yeah, Oklahoma State. <laughs> I don't see Tech stopping Spencer Sanders in this offense, um, and I don't see Tech being able to score, keep up in any way with this t- Oklahoma State offense. So, I mean, and you know, we love Matt Wells and his staff, right? Sure. We think they're real good. Sure. I don't know what Texas Tech has done that makes anyone think that they're going to keep this game within eight and a half. Sure. Because. With Alan Bowman, they weren't very good. Mm. And now Jet Duffy is apparently the guy heading forward. Okay, so that's so, so better. At least you, I mean, you're giving yourself a chance. Right. But still. Nope. I, so Oklahoma State's offense is awesome. And, and, <laughs> this is really good offense. Well, and the thing is, too, is that we haven't really seen Oklahoma State's offense have a chance to just dominate someone. True. And and I I think Tech's defense is pretty good. Sure. Right? I mean, I think they truly truly are. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have so many possessions. Uh, you know, Tyon Wallace is going to get put in good positions. I just d- don't know what Texas Tech can do to potentially keep up with them. Because I mean, they have the best wide receiver in the conference. Yep. One of if you know, depending on your thoughts on Jalen Rager. An right? elite one. Right. They have probably the best running back in the conference. They, that is, mm, well, actually, Oklahoma has some good ones. Yeah, so That's probably. True. But, and then they have, I mean, a guy who's emerging to be in his first year as a starter, a top five quarterback in the, in the conference. Like yeah. I would say right now. Yeah. Um, 
that's it's it's insane. Like I don't know. The only Texas showed the blueprint to beating them, which is hey, we got to score more. Like, we're score not going to stop lot. them. We got to be able to keep up with them. You know what I just realized? Okay, a battle of former Mister Texas footballs. Ah, Chad Duffy <laughs> and Spencer Sanders. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. So far, uh, I'm taking Let's Spencer say, Sanders. Say Spencer Sanders has definitely been the, <laughs> been the been better the college player so far. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. I just don't know what Texas can do to keep up. Uh, I, I'd love to see what right. they can do, but um, but I, just, I think they, I think Oklahoma State covers yeah, them really it, easily. And, and Duffy's just struggled so much with turnovers. And if they give Spencer Sanders more possessions, that's going to be a bad deal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Oklahoma State wins easy. But again, I love to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Next up, Baylor at Kansas State, two thirty p.m. on ESPN two. Baylor coming off a twenty three twenty one win over Iowa State. Kansas State coming off of a twenty six thirteen loss to Oklahoma State. Baylor's a two point underdog heading into this game. Mm. I got Baylor. Yeah. Um, mainly because I feel like everyone's riding the feel good train right now. Oh yeah, things are going real smooth. Oh yeah, and I think that's going to carry over at least for one more week. Um. I mean, they got tech next week, so probably in the next week too. But <laughs> um, I like, I do like what I'm seeing from Kansas State so far. I think the Mississippi State game was a huge revelation in terms yeah. of what this team actually is. I was really worried about, oh god, the first year under Clement, it's going to be really weird. Well, I thought it would be a total rebuild. Yeah, I and thought that it would be a Georgia Tech le- type rebuild. Right, right. And like, granted, it probably you know they've probably been flying a little bit higher than what they are, but. I mean, this is still a really solid team. And guess what? Chris Kleiman turns out to be a good coach. Turns out what? FCS championship pedigree translates oh. in some fashion to another job. Ish, I was told by Apple Care that, <laughs> uh, that when you coach at a lower level, it's because you're worse. Right, exactly. That's, That's what I was told. I, I, don't, I don't understand. And I, so... Um, I, that's why Jim McElwain's a great coach. Right. Because he coached oh, at Alabama. Oh, oh man. Um but yeah, that so was, I'm I, sorry. That was an unnecessary shot at Jim so McElwain. Man, I don't know what, he, what Jim McElwain ever did to you. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, we've seen Skylar Thompson can be inconsistent yeah. um, as a quarterback, and granted, he probably is better than he probably is the best guy that Kansas State has on the roster. But I feel no that Baylor, especially after last week, shutting I mean, not shutting down Brock Purdy, but really making Brock Purdy look fairly. I mean, not through three quarters, that what we saw last through year. Three quarters, right, through three they quarters, he was not the quarterback that we saw last year. Right. Um, and I think they can make the same happen for Skylar Thompson. I don't feel as confident of Kansas State moving the ball as I do about Baylor's ability to move the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we jumped on the Kansas State train a little too hard. Sure. Uh, just, just as a, a roster. Sure. I mean, I mean a, a roster. <laughs> as, as media as a whole. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, you know, winning on the road at Mississippi State is a big deal. Like, even though Mississippi State doesn't look very good, to go into a pretty tough environment and win, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't a big enough deal to get them ranked mm-hmm. like it did. Uh, I, I don't think that should have happened. But this is a team that is clearly executing at a high level. Talent-wise, I don't think that they're there. Um, and I think that Baylor is going to be able to take advantage of that to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen such good things from Baylor's defense through the first couple weeks of the season. I mean, even even in that Rice game that got weird, the defense wasn't the issue. Sure. Uh, and against Iowa State last week, I mean, really, up until they just got worn down because they were playing in 100-something degree heat, <laughs> right. they were a dominant defense mm-hmm. against a really good quarterback. We know that Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. Right. 
And now going to Kansas State, I think that this is a big opportunity for Baylor to kind of prove itself. Uh, you know, and they did last week. I mean, I think that we know that Baylor's going to be a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't going to struggle to make a bowl by any means or anything like that. Right. Uh, they're clearly top half in the conference now, I think. But to go on the road, uh, I, I think Kansas State's a worse team, but going on the road to Kansas State. Right, right. Manhattan's uh, always pretty tough. Right. And their one road game so far this year was obviously that Rice game. Mm-hmm. You know, so to go on the road, I, I really want to see a good Charlie Brewer game. I know that... He got a lot of credit last week, right. I think, for uh, for his numbers. But I think that if you watch the game, he was okay. I think that you know he threw the ball a lot, but he wasn't very accurate and he mm-hmm. wasn't very composed. And and that's not me saying he struggled. That's just me saying I think Charlie Brewer's really good. Sure. And he didn't play as well as I think he can play. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, who knows? I think this is also a good game for Baylor's running game. Yeah. To kind of be a little more consistent because I feel like the best rushing performance we've seen has from, been from Gary Bahannon this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, granted, they haven't needed to really rely on anything. You know, they haven't been desperate to, like, run the no, ball. No, but it's you like, want to be able to run at the high, right. at a high level. And so you look at – I mean, so I'm looking at Kansas State. They Against Nichols, they now, they allowed uh, Julian Gums 12 carries, 75 yards. Yeah. Against Mississippi State, Kylan Hill, 24 carries, 111 yards. Chuba Hubbard almost ran for 300 yards last week. Um and so I think this is the game where, yes, you do want to see Charlie Brewer finally have a breakout takeover type game. Yeah. But I wouldn't hate to see Baylor be able to rush for 250 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, last week against Iowa State, they only had 34 for, 34 for 104. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I want to see Tristan Ebner t- touch the ball more. I want to see more John Lovett. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't want you to necessarily have to break out that quarterback run game a ton, but mm-hmm. Brewer can do it. Yep. You know, and so... I want to see a consistent performance. Yeah. If they go out there and they beat Kansas State by two touchdowns, then I think that, I mean, not that we can crown them as a conference contender, but we can crown them as like a probably pretty legit top 25 team. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think that through three quarters, they showed that ability last week. So now I want them to go out and finish it. And if you're going to give me points in this <laughs> game, I mean, come on, that's that's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Moving on, Texas versus West Virginia, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Why would they put this game on ABC? Texas, coming off of it, well, coming off a of bye, but before mm-hmm. that, a 36-30 win over Oklahoma State. West Virginia, a hard-fought 29-24 win over Kansas. Texas is an 11.5-point favorite on the road. On the road, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, in Morgantown. Uh... Yeah, I'd say the cover. Yeah. Um, as much as I respect Neil Brown, I think he's – I think uh, – well, for one, I think he's proving that West Virginia isn't absolute trash this year. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was really worried that this like this is a really bad West Virginia team. And they're still inexperienced, and they probably still very well could finish the season with, like, three, four wins. Um, let's see, do they play Kansas? No, they already got, that's right. They already got Kansas out of the way. So, they, I mean – Jesus, they might win, they might finish with three. Win- oh, they got Tech coming up. We'll see about that one. But yeah, that that even though they might finish that with three Tech or four West wins, Virginia game is going to be critical. <laughs> they might finish with three or four wins, but I think they're showing that they are better than we thought. Um, but this Texas offense is just incredible right now. A week of rest. The only thing that concerns you is that Red River is the next week, and sure, that's look more ahead on, spot. That's more on Texas than it is West Virginia. Sure. Um, I still think Texas covers fairly easily. In so. This one. I am curious whether West Virginia is just young, if it's just shallow, mm-hmm. or what. I mean, because you look at their games, right? Mm-hmm. They won by seven over JMU, which in some ways is their most impressive performance of the year. Sure, JMU is a power in FCS. Yeah, I mean, they, they are a legitimately good FCS team. If they mm-hmm. had lost, no shame. They lost 38-7 to Missouri. That's not great. 
Uh, they beat North Carolina State, but North Carolina State doesn't look very good. Yeah. They lost by 18 to FSU last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they only beat Ball State by 11. Their, their three wins right now are Ball State, Western Carolina, Eastern Car- East Carolina. Mm. Those are the three wins that North Carolina State has. So we don't know. Uh, and then needing basically every second to beat yeah. Kansas. After, and then Kansas goes and loses 51 to 14. Not now, <laughs> West Virginia was always young. West Virginia was always early. I mean, especially after they lost literally every defensive player that they had right. uh, because they just didn't want to play football anymore, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, you needed to see something. I've been pre- I've been pretty disappointed by their run game overall. Mm-hmm. 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, yeah. Austin Kendall hasn't really been that. He's been okay. No. He's been fine. Sam James has been a revelation of wide receiver, yep. but he's kind of it. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the one good thing they have, and uh, Texas has more than one good thing. Right. So, yeah, I think Texas covers, and I don't really think it's that close. Nope. This might be Texas. I mean, let's see. They still got Kansas coming up, but it might. This could be Texas' biggest win margin of the season. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be rough. All right. Our favorites, Rice, going to UAB, 6 p.m. Uh, on ESPN Plus. Rice. You 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 blew it. You, you nearly had it. You had, you had it. it there. Rice was up 17-14 oh, on God. a very decent Louisiana Tech team and ends up losing 23 to 20 in overtime. <sighs> UAB after losing everybody from last year by the way, like yeah. every player. Yeah. Lost 20 to 13 to Western Kentucky last week. So, Rice is a 10-point underdog on the road. Rice covers. Yeah. But they're not winning. It's <laughs> yeah. so unfortunately a one six for them. Um, oh God, yeah, I don't know. The last week was such a gut punch. I yeah. feel like that was they had it right there. They had it um, on the road. UAB, God, that's just tough. They I needed can't. one stop with a minute left. Right. They needed literally not to let them drive like seventy yards in a right. minute, and they right. did. So, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I'd say Rice covers, but UAB, I mean, come on. This is one of the pro- premier programs in CUSA right now. Sure. Uh, the one thing I'll say, though, they had a gut punch at the hands of Baylor the week before, losing only by eight points. True. Then they came out, played better in Louisiana Tech basically all day. Yeah. I don't think that this is a team that's going to quit. That's um, fair. That's fair. And they go on the road to UAB, but, you know, this isn't this isn't last year's UAB mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, UAB. I mean, they almost lost to Alabama State, I think, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, 24-19. Yeah. They only beat Akron 31-20. They had a good game against. South Alabama, who might be the worst team in FBS, right. thirty-five to three. But then they lose West to Western Kentucky, who's not very good. I mean, they won what one game last year? Something like that. It, it, it was not good. Right. So this isn't the same UAB. Um, so yeah, I think that Rice is going to be able to cover, and I think probably cover pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Be- beating uh, UAB on the road, a team that's had a decent amount of consistency and is very well coached. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough ask. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they lose. They fall to 0-6, but they go on their streak of being the greatest 0-6 team in the history of football, <laughs> which probably true. It's probably true. Probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I, believe they're, I believe they're one of – I mean, I looked up the other winless teams. I couldn't remember exactly yeah. off the top of my head. I think it's like New Mexico State and like somebody else. Some very um, not good But, teams. I mean, Rice is the best <laughs> of yeah. them, so yeah. they have that yeah. going for yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on uh, to ranked SMU. Yeah, against Tulsa, six thirty yep. p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, SMU won forty-eight to twenty-one over South Florida, and for 
I, sorry, I almost cursed. Uh, for goodness sake. <laughs> sorry, I just I just get a little loose when it comes to SMU. Uh, uh, for goodness sakes, we're not going to let the history books forget that this was a 41 to 0 game. It was not close. This, no. This schedule, this final score is a fraud. Totally fraudulent. They obliterated them. <laughs> obliterated. They, they wiped them was, off the face of the earth. I had the I had the remote in my hands. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta go check this game out because I expect <laughs> I expect a good game. Right. I should go check this score. Oh, 41. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I don't need to watch yeah. this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh they SMU gave South Florida the type of loss that I I follow a few South Florida people on Twitter. Yeah. And they were just having like an internal reckoning. It was one right. of those games. It was just like a, why do I do this? Right. Because like <laughs> as bad as like as bad as USF and uh, I don't want to say UCF, but like FAU, the yeah. the, 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 the mid the G five Florida programs, as bad as they can be, they've always been able to rely. on, You know what? We'll at least beat the Texas teams. Right. You FAU will still smack the crap out of UNT. Right. right? Nope. Nope. Not Did, anymore. Nope. Nope. Not anymore. <laughs> nope. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, Tulsa coming off of a 24-21 win over Wyoming, so I apologize. Uh, transitively, they are better in Texas State. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, but, but actually, we can do some transitive math because Sesame is only a 13-point favorite over Tulsa at home. So, okay. So, so what does that mean? So, so SMU... What was the final in that? Uh, it was was it forty one seven? Yeah, something like that. Forty one seven versus. Uh, well, okay, then we got to go back. I don't know. It's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, I, I'm sure whatever the number is is way more than thirteen. Right. Uh, I, I think this is easily at least a two touchdown game. Easily. Um, this this man SMU. Here's the thing that's impressive about SMU this mm-hmm. year, right? Is that I think that a lot. I don't want to say a lot, but there are a decent amount of group of five teams that have the high-end talent, right? Yeah. That have like the, oh, this receiver is going to be in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. This running back is going to be in the NFL next year. This quarterback could play in the NFL. But the thing that's impressive about SMU for a team that, again, missed a bowl game last year, is that they have top-end posi- uh, top players excuse me, at mm-hmm. multiple positions on both offense and defense. And on top of that, they've got not necessarily that level player, mm-hmm. but comparable players behind them too. Right. That's the issue usually that you run into with group of five teams is that they just don't have the depth. And because Sonny Dykes has brought in 16 transfers, almost all of which are immediately eligible, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of power five level talents. And, you know, you go into a game against Tulsa, which, again, I I have to point out every week. Uh, Baylor's own Zach Smith is quarterbacking, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> but I might I might not mention that this week because I think that you might get yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be an it's, interesting night for him it's it's going to be some trouble but uh, but you know you go into a game against Tulsa where you do have like a legit talent advantage oh for sure like across the board and also I mean here's the thing uh, we talk about we've talked about SMU and we've mentioned their offense right we've mentioned. Yeah. We've mentioned the fact that Shane Bichelle has not had to win games for them, sure. right? Um, they have a v- reliable three-headed, more two-headed, but now we're kind of seeing a third-headed merge uh, running attack uh, with TJ McDaniel, Xavier Jones, and Kamon Freeman. Tulsa can't stop the run. Yeah, Tulsa is giving up 175 yards on the ground, and they're get- ironically their best performance was against Michigan State, <laughs> the team that probably should want to run the ball the most on the on them. Yeah. But um, other than that, they've gotten gashed by it. I was like, well, not gashed, but they didn't get gashed by Wyoming, but they let up. They still let up just under five yards of carry. Um, SMU is gonna want to be able to give 
those three guys probably around 50 carries. Yeah. Like, it's going to be another game where Shane Bichelle does not have to win the game for them. Right. They should be able to handle this Which he, really he really hasn't had to. No, he really like has not had to season. at all. Like, how many 300-yard games does he have? I mean, I think it's one or two. Yeah, one like, or two. But it's like, you, you you know, typically when you see, when you think Shane Bichelle and you think Sonny Dykes coming together, right. you're like, 50 pass attempts, 350 right. yards a game. It's like, no, not really. <laughs> I also have to say, too, is that, you know, I mean, the defensive numbers are fine when yeah. you look at them sort of ranking-wise. Mm-hmm. They have given up a lot of pointless points in yards. Like, a lot of teams have just put up numbers that don't matter. Sure, Texas State actually to, like, the fourth quarter. <laughs> he only has one 300-yard game, and it was okay. against Arkansas State. There you go. Since that Arkansas State game, they have basically been, like, 20 points better than every other team. There you go. You know, I mean, even if the final score doesn't say it. Like, right. they were so much better than TCU. Like, they... in It's performance, it's all that. But, sure. like, they were definitively better than TCU For and sure. obviously UNT, Texas State, USF who are all, I mean, Texas State's kind of, you know, sorry, but you know, a, sort of a lower level team, but the other, what it is. The, the other teams are pretty good and they have been firmly better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so we're both taking SMU. Yeah. Okay. Here's our signature game of the week. Oh God, I know which one you're going to say. We are, we need a name for it. Uh, I mean, the, the go-to is always anxiety bowl. Um, I, we need something. We need something more fun for this. <sighs> obviously, the game is UTEP versus UTSA, seven PM on ESPN Plus. Oh, yeah, obviously, that's uh, obviously obviously. obviously, obviously. <laughs> uh, but uh, but here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. You know who's not going to be playing in this game? Frank Frank Harris. Frank Harris is not playing in this game. Yeah, I always get him. I, get, I always get I Frank Harris. I know. I know. It, I always have to think. Sucks. Am I talking about the coach it or the sucks. quarterback? <laughs> it, I I totally understand. Um, but here, so <sighs> look at both of these team schedules, sure. right? If they don't win this game, yeah. <laughs> like especially especially UTSA. Like I think that uh, UTEP. I mean, first of all, I think our expectations are still only okay. UTEP still has New Mexico State, right? So that's right. something. But like, okay, UTSA. Here's their schedule after UTEP yeah. versus UAB versus Rice, who's probably going to beat them at Texas A&M at Old Dominion, which. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus Southern Miss versus uh, FAU at Louisiana Tech. Yeah. So like. If you don't win this game, if you don't win this game, are you winning a single game the rest of the year? I mean, and it might just be bad enough that at this point, there's not a whole lot that Frank Wilson can do. Now, to their credit, yeah, it is still an 0-5 rise team. It is. They are much improved. Sure. They've... Battled to Army, they've battled Baylor, they've battled much team teams much better than UTSA battled those right. same exact teams, but Army and Baylor, right? But it's still own five, own five Rice. It is, um, which which by the way, that would be another game that would be disastrous for UTSA to lose. Also true, e- even if they're actually even yeah, even if Rice does look on the field better than them, it right. still would be a disaster to lose to Owen. I guess Owen at that time Owen six Rice. Um, but yeah, like as far as what I think of their rest of their schedule, yeah, I don't think they win another game if they don't win this one. Yeah, and and then you look at UTEP. They uh, might. I mean, you know, New Mexico State and Rice at the end, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But. Those are those are both well, and and actually, the interesting thing about UTEP is mm-hmm. that this schedule actually sets up pretty well for them to end the season because sure. uh, because you have those last four games versus Charlotte, who's still struggling That's at true. UAB, Young at New Mexico State, uh, who's not very good versus mm-hmm. Rice. Um, I think that only 
you know, they probably only win one or two, but like they can win one or two of those. Yeah. And the other thing too, though, is that it's the last four games of the year, which means that they're going to pull out the red shirts. And mm-hmm. so you're going to see true. Deion Hankins. You're potentially going to see uh, quarterback Gavin Hardison, who mm-hmm. was a uh, who was a JUCO guy. You know, you're going to see a couple more guys who haven't played the rest of the year as they try to sell out and win those games. So in some ways, it's not as as anxietyable <laughs> for them as it is for UTSA. True. For UTSA, it's man, yeah, this is. But oh, but boy. basically, if if either of these teams lose this game, which because the game is also in El Paso, right? So yeah. if El Paso loses to a Frank Harrisless UTSA team, fans will not show up to another game the rest of the year. You know, you you if you're UTEP, you have to win this game. If you're UTSA, you better not freaking lose this game. Yeah, like this is as just high stakes a game. <laughs> And As we're no, gonna I mean, see all and the thing is, there's no timetable for Harris's return. Right. Like, I think uh, Wilson was quoted in the week saying he's out for quite a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and quite a bit of time could mean four weeks, could mean two weeks. We'll see. But And if you're missing Harris, and then, like, Narcisse hasn't been terrible. He's I mean, been terrible, but we kind of know what he is. Yeah. Uh, you have to play UTEP and Rice. Maybe your only two winnable games on the whole schedule. Uh, Old Dominion, maybe you can talk me into. Right. But it's on the road. Yeah. They got... Here's the thing. So... UTSA, yeah. I'm I'm gonna assume that he's out until November. Sure, Frank Harris. You got to be UTEP. You can lose to UAB, whatever. And you got to be Rice. Yeah. Then you get the bye week, get Frank Harris healthy again, and then you got A and M. Well, and, and, and even sure, even A&M's even hold whatever. them out for A and M. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So you have. I mean, I think you need to take one, two, three, four, five, five weeks, including the bye. Yeah. You need to come out with two wins out of that. Yeah. And because if you don't. I, I don't see you winning another game. Like, I, right. if you don't beat those two teams, if you don't beat UTS, UTEP this weekend and Rice, I don't know. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't. I just don't see it. And considering how I don't want to say how high we were because we were never high on this team, but like the good weighted opinion we had of them after after yeah. UIW after demolishing well, UIW. Well, the one thing that we felt like was that they might not be great. Mm-hmm. Might not even be good, but they can move the ball. But they can move the ball a little bit. Yeah, and, and they had an okay defense. Yeah, and and honestly, like, I don't think their defense has been horrible this year. It hasn't been. It hasn't been terrible, but it definitely. Uh, but it's been worse. I mean, right, it, right. Not, it's, it's not worse. a good defense right, like right, it was right. a couple of years ago. Right. Um, but I think it's been at least as good as last year, if not a little better. But the issue is. They just haven't moved the ball at all, just like last year. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I, I that, that defense kept them in the game against Army. Sure. Like, they should sure. have been more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but obviously, losing to UNT the way that they did, um, you know, Baylor, whatever. Sure. Uh, but, man, it's... Yeah, this it, is... For both teams. This is a, you better win this game for both teams. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks, because obviously, somebody has to lose this game. Right. And, I mean, again, we have made no, like... We've been very clear that we think that Frank Wilson is a great guy, and we want him to be successful. and mm-hmm. And I think he's doing a lot of things right. Yep. But it's just not happening. And and I mean, I hate to say this because I don't like having to think like this. I want all twelve teams and successful to to you know all fight and you know be number one through twelve in the country. That's yeah. what we want here. But uh, but like it it if he loses this game, that might be curtains for him. Yeah. Yep. Because then you are looking at a situation where you are going into Rice, you know, one in five, with the only win being over an FCS team. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- this is as anxiety-able as you will see in college football this season. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, UTSA is a two-point favorite. What direction are you going? Going UTEP. I think UTEP covers, and I think UTEP wins outright. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't feel good about it, I man. don't feel good about this, oh. and I wouldn't feel good about it the other way either if I were to pick UTSA. Yeah, but I have to go UTEP. I mean, yeah. I, I just think that... They've showed me something yep. this season. You know, they've showed me something, and and not a ton. You know, I that and that the biggest thing too is obviously that that first game against Houston Baptist suddenly looks a lot better. Yeah, because UTEP, the biggest thing is that they have been able to make teams uncomfortable. Sure, not stop them, mm-hmm. not score on them, but they've been able to make teams uncomfortable. You know, Tech only put up thirty eight against them. Yeah, you know, and this is a team that you think that they should have blasted and put up 60 points on but they they put up 38 and kind of made alan bowman uncomfortable they made nevada uncomfortable and were leading for a while yeah you know southern miss like i know the game doesn't feel good but it was 31 13 that's not that bad on the road against a team that we think can maybe win the west mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen a single positive sign from utsa this season after that opener and the only reason that the opener was that was because of frank harris who is now out yeah oh man yeah it's all bad it's all bad it's all bad so we're both gonna take utep uh, unfortunately to win that game so running back through again tcu at iowa state uh we both have iowa state Mm -hmm. texas tech versus oklahoma state we both have oklahoma state baylor at kansas state uh we both have baylor Texas versus West Virginia. We both have Texas. Did we pick the same games for all of I think so. That's pretty Rice, light week. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rice at UAB. Uh, we both have Rice covering. SMU versus Tulsa. We both have SMU covering. And both of us have UTEP. By the way, do you have a... Uh, remember, everybody, if you haven't taken part as yet, make sure and go online to our Pick'em contest. Yes. Uh, right now, we have a tie for first place for the season. Ryan Nemec and Tim Latimer are tied for first place, both with 43 points each. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Ishmael Johnson's stranglehold on this competition has fallen as he forgot to put in a score. A yeah, I ago. literally forgot to pick a game like <laughs> a couple weeks ago and it just dropped me out. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's that's how tight this thing is, man, because you go, like, those two are tied at 43, but then it's 41 after that, and there's a bunch of people tied and for I, seconds. I always try to add a couple FCS games and a couple sub yeah. Division one to make it a little Let, more let's, interesting. Uh, yeah. Let's go quickly and um, and and just quickly run through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Houston Bad versus Incarnate Word. Yeah. Which direction are you going with that? I'm going HBU. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. HBU for life. So, uh, and, and no lines on these games yeah. um, when we're picking them. Right. Alvin Christian versus Lamar. I'm going Lamar. Um, really? I, like, I really like what ACU is doing, but I still like – yeah, I still like Lamar. Um, it's going to be close, but I still think ACU is probably a year away from really being what we think they could be under Adam Durrell. I'm going ACU. Okay, I, I, I think that there, <laughs> I think that there are just a few more pieces right now on ACU's offense that I trust over Lamar's, and um, and it's going to be a fun game. Oh yeah, and then uh, finish it off with uh, with the marquee match of the weekend: Trinity versus Austin College. Austin College. The Oof. Ruse. The Ruse, man. Uh, the Ruse won a ranked game two weeks ago against Center. I think so, yeah, number nineteen Center. I want to say. There you go. Uh, I want to say Trinity's. Uh, I mean, again, hey, you know what? I try my best to keep track of all of this, and I think I do a pretty good job. If I remember right, I think that Trinity's off to a very good start this year. So we will uh, – see, see, here's the issue, too. We, oh, I guess I guess I know a good website that probably has their schedule on it. It's uh, textful.com. 
let's see, Trinity, because the issue is you always run into Euless Trinity, because, you know, a lot of people know Euless Trinity for some reason. Uh, this page is not very updated. All right. Well, apparently, we're not, we're not going to waste our time with this. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going Trinity, and you're going Austin College. So another disagreement. Anyway, thank you, as always, everybody, for joining us. If you have not as yet texasfootball.com slash subscribe we actually did a whole nother premium podcast with our good friend Corey hogue our small college insider on tarleton if you want to know everything about what's going on there there's a lot of under the table politics there's a lot of you know infighting within uh the southland and within lone star conference and a lot of you know it's going to be a lot of stuff to watch the next couple of weeks and Corey hogue is going to be all over it uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Uh, keep an eye out for the basketball magazine. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have a date. What day are we releasing the cover? Oh, God. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I didn't bring up the calendar. The 14th. October 14th. So I guess, is that right? Yes. It's the Monday after we go to press. We go to press next Friday. We're going Monday, not Tuesday? Yes. Okay, we're going Monday, October 14th. Trust me, you're going to want to see this cover if you are a fan of basketball teams in this state. (laughs) If you're a fan of the sport of basketball. (laughs) If you are fans of players that Mm -hmm. have played high school basketball Mm -hmm. in the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. of either the men or the women's side... Who knows? I, I like the vagueness of this. This is, this is working. <laughs> oh, I mean, are there any hints that we can give without giving too much? I mean, it feels like it's going to give it away if we give. Yeah, if we give right? any hint. Right. Uh, yeah, that's basically. Well, how about this? Okay. okay. For the first time in the history of Texas Basketball Magazine, ah. we are putting a player on the cover. There you go. That is, yes. that is, a, that is a, that, a soul player. A soul uh, player. Kalani Brown and uh, uh, Brooke McCar- uh, and right, McCarty. Right. So we are, and, and we did a cover shoot, as I mentioned, a, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time a single player. A singular is player is on, on the, the cover. cover. We hope you guys like it. Yep. If you don't like it, uh, sucks. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody asks. I mean, come on. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> but you'll be able to soon get Texas Basketball Magazine anywhere where magazines are sold. Uh, our deadline is coming up. So, you know, we'll hopefully get everything off to press, right? Right ish? Yeah. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks you so much to everybody for joining us. We'll talk to you again real soon.